Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing today, Ian? Doing absolutely fantastic this week. Last week was the first time I finally had a good week with my predictions. I went 13-3 and three last week. Um, I'm definitely excited about that. I'm happy that I finally could prove that and maybe know a little bit about football. Um, but I'm hoping that this is just the start. I mean, I, this is kind of the point where I really thought we'd, you know, kind of a quarter of the way through the season almost, where we'd start to really get a feel for teams. And even at that point, things can change a lot. So, I mean, just seeing all the outside news that's happened in the NFL this past week, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, we constantly have to be watching. I mean, Stefan Gilmore was going to be released, then got traded to the Panthers for a sixth round pick. They continue to bolster up their secondary. And then Jalen Smith was also released by the Cowboys, or was actually released by the Cowboys, and he ends up signing with the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, even though it's we're in the middle of the season, things still happen. I mean, you constantly have to keep a watch fly. I mean, those are two really good players that are probably going to make differences on the defenses that they're joining. And that's something that we have to equate as early as this week, because, I mean, both of those guys could be suiting up and performing this week. I think Gilmore actually is injured, and he'll come back in a little bit, but Either way, just uh, proof that you have to keep up with the NFL, and I've been loving keeping up with it. Yeah, sadly, my uh, my week was not as good as yours. I ended up going nine and seven. Uh, that puts me at 30, 38 and twenty six on the season. I, I had some questionable questionable picks this week uh, that kind of burned me, but. Uh, yeah, there's been so much going on in the league. I mean, of course, the Stefan Gilmore thing, uh, the Patriots trading him for basically a bag of chips because they're not going to be able to resign him for the, the money he's worth uh, because of all the money they paid out this season. And the Jalen Smith extension, obviously not working out in Dallas and Green Bay picking him up when they should have gone after Gilmore. I don't know what's going on up in Green Bay, but they're playing winning football, so... I guess that's all you really can ask for. Yeah, and as if all of that wasn't as exciting enough, uh, me and Jason actually have uh, an overhaul in store for next week. There'll be a new um, kind of NFL weekly show that we'll be doing. It'll be uh, a little bit simpler, a little bit easier to consume. Um, I don't want to tip all of our cards just yet, but I just wanted to let everyone know that there will be a new format for this show uh next week and we're both looking forward to uh getting it off without a hitch and uh, obviously hoping that you guys will enjoy that yes but kicking off this week's show uh with tonight's game we have the los angeles rams going up north to to face the seattle seahawks uh the rams coming off a, a tough defeat last week against a very good cardinals team uh matt stafford didn't look the greatest against that defense uh and then on the other hand, the Seahawks offense looked really good against the against the 49ers. But of course, that defense uh, kind of slipped it up towards the end, almost letting San Francisco get back in it. Uh, but they still pull out a win. So this can be a this can be a pretty interesting game. But I think I'm going to roll with 
roll with Los Angeles here just because they're the more proven team right now? Yeah, uh, I think this is actually going to be a really, really tough and scary game for this Rams team. This is definitely one that I'm going to be watching very closely. I mean, just a week ago, the Rams were probably the darlings of the entire league. And now, uh, just one week later, they now look a, a, a little bit less stellar. That defense looks a little bit shaky and especially susceptible to a quarterback, quarterback like Russell Wilson, as we saw the way they kind of got picked apart by Kyler Murray. A big difference I'll be watching for will be for the Seahawks and for them to still kind of have a game with a full cast of contributors. I mean, the offense has done their part to move the ball, but it has been very much so because of what Russell Wilson has been doing. I know you said the offense played well a week ago and they did, but it still was far too much of Russell Wilson running for his life. The difference between why I do think that Kyler Murray resembles a Russell Wilson, but the difference is that Kyler Murray has been able to really sit in his pocket and pick teams apart and get out when he needs to. Russell Wilson has been having to get out every single play to just extend the play long enough for his routes to open up. I mean, the offensive line has done an absolutely terrible job. I do think it's kind of sad because I think the Seahawks have the perfect recipe to kind of exploit this defense as we saw a week ago with what Kyler Murray was able to do. But I, I just simply don't think this offensive line is good enough. And I think that's a big problem when you have Aaron Donald coming to town. I think the Rams win a close one on Thursday night. It is going to be a very good game to watch. Um, if you have the time tonight, I would definitely sit down and watch this. Uh, I understand if you don't, though. Now, here's the game I don't expect many people to wake up for, but I will definitely try and be up for it. Uh, we have the first London game of the season. We have the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons going overseas to face it off. Ah, this is this is the battle of the tank teams. Yeah. The Jets finally looked good last week. I will say that. Uh, taking down a, a playoff contender in the Tennessee Titans, Zach Wilson finally had a really good game but their run game is non-existent. It was basically relying on Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, and Jay Crowder to get anything going. But the thing I really liked was how they were able to get pressure on Ryan Tannehill and make him make dumb decisions. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, for both of these bottom feeders, I mean, they're really coming off opposite kinds of weeks. I mean, for one, with the Jets, we had them come – come out with an awesome upset really over the Titans. Now the Titans weren't at full strength with their receiving core and say what you want, but I'm willing to take it. I mean, for the first time in a long time, the Jets found their rhythm and they actually played a great second half of football, specifically from the defense, like you said. And Zach Wilson also did really play well in this one and helped them to get a win. And that is all fine and dandy. But I'm going to need to see it a little bit more, obviously. I mean, we, I still project both of these teams to be bottom feeders. But for the Falcons, I'm very disappointed in them. They were taking on a Giants team last week that really hadn't shown or really had shown just as much as they had at this point in the season. And to come out and not be able to get it done and just play as poor as they had, it just really makes me wonder what this team is going to be able to do. Cordero Patterson has been a cute little experiment as a running back, but they really have no run game, and it's really starting to hurt this team. Matt Ryan has been a good quarterback in this league for a long time, but even this year, I don't know if he's fed up or what, but 
He's just not getting the ball to his best players. And that's the only chance this team really has. I mean, the defense just bleeds points and it doesn't seem like I'm going to pick the Falcons, but I actually am. I don't think that that can continue much longer. I think after last week, you know, something has to give and I project the Falcons to rebound. I mean, this is a game between bottom feeders at the end of the day. So I really think you could just flip a coin and take whoever, but I'll roll with the Falcons. This this might be another game to bite me, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Jets here. Uh, what Zach Wilson showed me last week uh, really impressed me, and and Atlanta's secondary is not comparative to Tennessee's and how well Corey Davis and Jay Crowder and Keelan Cole were able to play and get into the end zone. Really, really shocked me, and I'm I'm excited to see what New York can do in uh in London. Uh, but now moving on to the next game, we have the Detroit Lions facing off against the Minnesota Vikings in a little uh, division matchup. Detroit, uh, Detroit, 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 the the poverty franchise of the NFL, I feel like. Uh, Jamal Williams looked good last week. Jared Goff didn't look terrible. You just let Justin Fields and David – Although David Montgomery being out does hurt, uh, but this is the Lions. Uh, you let David Montgomery run all over you, and I'm not exactly 100% sure on Dalvin Cook's uh, return timeline, but Alex Madison is a fantastic backup that is for sure going to run all over you if Dalvin Cook is not back. Yeah, the Lions were really uninspiring a week ago, particularly when it came to performing in the red zone. Once you get the ball down there, you have got to be able to put more than three points on the board. And that was just simply something they could not do last week. And it really, really hurt them. And for me, for a team like the Lions, when you have guys that are as talented as DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, and who are quite obviously your best offensive players, you have to do everything in your power to be able to just get the ball in their hands when you are that close, I mean, you're so close to being able to get points, ensure that you're doing everything you can to get them. If they can improve in that aspect of the game, things will start to slowly turn around. I mean, it's a, this is a long game for Detroit. Like you said, I mean, they're a poverty franchise. And on the other hand, they get the Vikings. And the Vikings didn't look that good a week ago get taking on the Browns, but they had a hobble Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, the weak rushing tack rushing attack wasn't able to you know it wasn't able to give Kirk Cousins any more magic that he had it just kind of ran out versus that Browns defense but I I think the offense is going to be healthier this week and they're obviously taking on a weaker defense so I'm rolling with the Vikings I'm also rolling with Minnesota here and you also have to think they played really well against one of the better offenses in the league I mean they weren't able to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt but I wasn't really expecting them to but they did a really good job of of shutting down Baker Mayfield, only let him get 153 yards. Um, a really, really good game from the secondary, and that's basically all Detroit has is a somewhat decent passing game with Jared Goff. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what Minnesota can do here. Yeah, me as well. Now I will let you lead this, this next game. 
All right. I know exactly what game this has to be. My Eagles are going to be taking on the Panthers this week, and I'll touch on the Panthers first. Um, first of all, Chuba Hubbard didn't really pop last week, as we kind of expected. I think signs kind of point towards uh, Christian McCaffrey being able to go. Matt Rule said it was a great first uh, for first practice back for him, so I think that definitely it's going to be a longer leash for Christian McCaffrey now on with this uh, new coach and Matt Rule, and I expect him to be able to go this week. Um, and also another thing that I really enjoyed about this Panthers team is just the offense overall. They lost last week, but DJ Moore is really quietly having himself a fantastic season and has a really good rapport with Darnold already. Um, but for my team, the Eagles, well, obviously, you know, Gilmore doesn't impact this team just yet. And the defense for the Panthers did get torched a week ago versus the Cowboys. But for my Eagles, the offense last week was really something to behold. And it has me really feeling in a similar way to the way I felt after week one. They really moved the ball. And I know it was a Chiefs defense that doesn't, that hasn't really showed us anything on the season really. But it is nice to know that after a couple of bad weeks from the offense that our offense can capitalize when we have a subpar defense. And that really some of our offensive players are starting to get some, some confidence behind their game, specifically some of our young players in Kenny Gainwell and Devontae Smith seem to be starting to find their rhythm. I'm not sure if it's enough, but I think it might actually be. I'm Call me a biased Eagles fan, but I'm willing to roll with us this week. I think what we saw from our offense last week was a lot of good signs, and I think if we can build off of some of those, we could really give the Panthers a game right here. I'm going to have to be in the opposite of you. I'm going to have to roll with Carolina here. I really liked what I saw from this offense last week. Um, Sam Darnold did have two dumb interceptions, but you also have to remember he is leading the league in rushing touchdowns, which is crazy to think. Uh, and like you said, DJ Moore is having an absolutely fantastic season, really looking like a number one option out there, uh, and really good connection with Sam Darnold. And, yes, their defense didn't exactly play the greatest against Dallas. Dallas has a lot more offensive weapons than Carolina does. Yeah. yeah, or than the Eagles. Or, yeah. Yeah. Especially out of that backfield, um, Miles Sanders is not nearly on the level of Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard. Maybe Tony Pollard, especially this season. And I'll, I'm going to say this one for you because this is your team. Well, we have the New Orleans Saints traveling up to face the Washington football team. Uh, New Orleans, you lose to a team that looked absolutely terrible all year long, and you made Daniel Jones look like one of the greatest quarterbacks. How? Just how? It was a really bad performance week ago for that Saints defense, and they're definitely a team that I'm going to be looking for this week. Specifically, like you said, that defense, they need a big week here. And I, I'll be honest, I think that's kind of a scary proposition for this matchup because both of these teams are really in need of a big breakout defensively. Now, I know the defense for Washington played better a week ago, but I still think that they are a lot better than what we've seen from them this year. And the same exact thing can be say, said for the Saints after what we saw from them a week ago. So, and this one, to me, it really boils down to the offenses. 
And I have, I just have more faith in Jameis Winston. I've been really, really happy with what I've seen from Taylor Heineke, but he's going to have to string a couple of these good performances together until I am really, really confident in him being able to go up against a team like the New Orleans Saints here and pick the Washington football team with any sort of confidence. See, I'm in, I'm in disagreement here. I, the only thing that really worries me about Washington right now is the secondary. And I still believe that New Orleans will not have Michael Thomas this week. Um, and if they don't have Michael Thomas, they don't really have a great passing game. I mean, you have Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. I mean, Marcus Callaway has been a pretty decent receiver. But other than that, I mean, you're really going to have to rely a lot on Alvin Kamara. And Taysom Hill has been a, a good switch guy to come out of the backfield. But, I mean, you can't just get away with that every single play. And I – I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm rolling with my team here. I I think I think Taylor Heineke really put something together last week, and Curtis Samuel, uh, his first game back last week off injury, and I think he's really going to get acclimated more into the offense this week. Curtis Samuel, that is definitely something that will help this Washington offense. Anything that can help uh, Heineke out a little bit is going to be awesome. We saw it last week from. You know, how McLaurin really, really helped him out, how the run game helped him out. It'll be things like that, but I'm just not 100% ready yet. And I think this Saints team, like I said, is going to be coming out with the chip after the way they performed last week. Um, And I had accidentally skipped a game here because it's uh, one team that I don't think anyone in the NFL cares to talk about right now. Uh, we have the New England Patriots traveling down south to face the Houston Texans. Houston... Houston, you got a problem. You have a major, major problem. Four interceptions from your quarterback, losing 42-0. Wow. Just the any sort of relevancy you had in the first two weeks disappeared when Tyrod got injured. And I don't know how that's possible that a quarterback of Tyrod's stature can give you relevancy and then be gone. Just, yeah. wow. I mean, there's really nothing positive to really say about this Houston team. I mean, they looked absolutely terrible a week ago. Um, and for this Patriots team, it, it's really the opposite. I mean, last week they did lose to Tom Brady in the Buccaneers in, the, in what was, you know, that emotional and high-stakes game. But to me, I, I kind of left the game feeling like it was had to have been a moral victory for that Patriots team. I, I was very, very pleased with the way that they were able to play as a whole team, and also specifically Mac Jones. I think it is very easy to say he's been the best rookie quarterback in the entire league this season. He's obviously had the most experience, but he is really starting to acclimate himself. And I, I'm going to eat my words a little bit about some of the stuff I said about him coming out of the draft, but he looked really, really good last week, and I'm starting to have some confidence in him and that team moving forward, I think, you know, obviously no matter who it was playing the Texans, I probably would have rolled with them. But I think the Patriots will win this one in a very easy fashion. I'm also really liking this receiving core outside of just Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Jacoby Myers is playing really good. I really like Kendrick Bourne. 
Uh, I like to see John U. Smith uh, acclimated more into the offense for for New England, considering all the money they paid him. And this is really going to be a week for New England to get that running game back going again. I mean, Damon Harris had his first negative yards game of the season. So that's definitely going to be a, a bounce back for New England against this absolutely down bad franchise. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. Now moving on to an NFC South or AFC South match. Oops, my mistake. We have the Tennessee Titans traveling down to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't even want to start with Jacksonville and that whole situation going on down there. Um, but they actually looked like they could play competent football on Thursday. Um, almost beating Cincinnati, uh, just giving it up way too late in the game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good. Uh, not getting in the end zone except for on the ground, but they looked decent for the first time this season. They did, and I, I'm I hate to kind of do a full 180 from what you know, kind of the tone that you had, but it's to me, I think it's really sad based off of how well they played last week because I think that is probably about the end of that for a while. I can't. I, I'm going to be honest, I can't imagine the Jaguars winning a game for the foreseeable future with everything that's going on down there. I could see the only possibility I see is Trevor Lawrence and this offense absolutely just willing you past the team because it, I have no confidence in any of the management, the coaching, anybody higher up on this team. They've completely lost their locker room. It's a mess. If you haven't seen the things about uh, Urban Meyer, uh, it just Quick Google search will will catch you up very very quickly, and it's just not there's there's a whole lot of dysfunction going on. Far too much for me to have any confidence in them. I don't know if AJ Brown or Julio is going to play this week, but I know I'm rolling with the Titans with a good amount of confidence because, like I said, Jacksonville is a big mess right now, and we'll talk about that next week. But there's a new segment, and I can guarantee you they'll they'll be a safe pick every week for. Uh, the opposite team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a really – even without uh, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, even if they're not there, to me a really – this is going to be a huge, huge prove game for Ryan Tannehill and if he can perform without two of his best receivers and get a win. It's – if Ryan Tannehill does not perform well against this team, then – Tennessee has a lot to worry about this season. Yeah. Uh, but I am rolling with Tennessee. Even if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play, you have arguably the best running back in football. Uh, and Derrick Henry just running people over. No one on that defense is going to be able to stop him. So that's that ends that debate. Yeah. Now moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Just going a little bit of, up up the road to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This, this would have been a fantastic game at the beginning of the season with how Miami was looking. But right now, uh, still not sure on, on Tua's return. 
Uh, Jacoby Brissett is still looking like he's going to be the starting quarterback. It's not looking like as as good of a, a game, and that kind of saddens me because I was really looking forward to this at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's definitely not, you know, what we would have pegged. But, you know, hey, like I said, you have to keep up with the season. And and one of the teams that has definitely not played to the level that I would have expected coming into the season has been these Dolphins. And it, it's, you know, it's not what I would have wanted. But I think there's a couple of reasons as to why. I mean, I think they're starting to have a, a realization that, you know, if your de- if your team features just a couple decent running backs and no star quarterback, then life can be difficult, really difficult. I mean, Brissett did play well again last week, but the Dolphins were just able to provide nothing on the ground. And that's a sentiment that you could say about this entire season, really. And when you have quarterbacks that aren't, you know, star players that can consistently move the chains and get you up and down the field, I mean, it's just, it's just a, whole trap for your entire offense to just really struggle. I mean, you're asking a whole lot of these quarterbacks with no real, you know, consistent presence to aid them. And I mean, for the Bucs, they escaped an emotional one last week with a win, but have to be thinking they could have done more. I mean, the Dolphins will get up and be ready for this, for one of the league's best teams. Like we always know that they do. And I guarantee you they make it chippy, but ultimately I don't think they have a chance because like I said, there's just too many things that this offense is, not doing well. Also, this this defense looked absolutely terrible this past week. I mean, when you let a hobbled Carson Wentz have his best game of the season against you, that doesn't look good. Doesn't look good on you. Also, Jonathan Taylor completely destroyed their run game, and I am scared to see what the combo of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones can do against this team. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I got to roll with Tampa Bay. Uh, they're definitely going to have a bounce back week. Uh, let's hope it's not pouring down rain like it was in that New England game. Um, that definitely didn't help the whole situation. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a, a, a bounce back week, even though Tampa Bay – didn't lose. It was not exactly the uh, brightest game to watch. Yeah. Literally. Now moving on to the Green Bay Packers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Beginning of the season, I thought this would have been easily Green Bay blowing out by like 30. Now it's a different story. This is going to be a, a offensive shootout, to say the least. Yeah, it really definitely could be. I, I don't really fully expect it to be one, and I'll tell you just why. Um, but first of all, I, I'm really ready to say that the Packers are not what they showed week one. I mean, they looked awful after that blowout, but really everything has been consistent and looked really well since. I mean, Rodgers is off is still awesome. And the offense and defense both seem to be clicking. I mean, the Bengals are the team that no one expected. But me personally, I still feel like my confidence in them is a lot lower than what it should be. Um, I have watched them play, and it is impressive. But specifically when coming into this week, I mean, it looks like they're going to be without Joe Mixon. That's a nice steady presence that helps every quarterback in the league. Um, 
and really for that run for that pass game, I I just wonder how it's going to look versus this Green Bay team. Now, I one good game here for the Bengals. I know that they are already, you know, out to a fantastic start to the season, but a good game here versus a really good Packers team and then I'd be real I'm ready to admit something, but I, I until then I have to roll with the Packers in this one. I, I mean, I'm really I really think they've been playing well this season. I like the way they look. Uh, I'm rolling with them. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm rolling with Green Bay here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has looked absolutely unstoppable this season, except for that first week, but he didn't want to be there week one. Uh, a combo of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones is looking really good. Randall Cobb is somewhat getting back to form now, which is really nice to see. I'm excited to see what Joe Burrow can do against this defense because the Green Bay defense isn't the greatest. Uh, the loss of Joe Mixon is going to hurt, but I'm fine with Samaj Ryan back there. And I don't know if there's anyone on that Packers defense that can keep up with the route running and the speed of Jamar Chase. That is true, but I do think that Jair Alexander would like to have something to say about it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be – this is going to be one of the, the more fun matchups of the week, I think. I completely agree. Uh, but with that, I do have to roll with Green Bay. But since he is is been super underrated this season, I believe. They have been very uh, underrated. But with that, moving on to the Denver Broncos traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Uh, Denver definitely did get slapped up last week. Uh Finally showing that a good a good team can come in and beat them, but the loss of Teddy Bridgewater definitely did hurt. And having him bring in uh, Drew Locke was not what Broncos fans wanted. Hopefully uh, Bridgewater will be able to play this week if he's able to get through concussion protocol. Uh, but the, the loss of the offensive weapons is really starting to, to show for Denver. Uh, K.J. Hamler going down and Jerry Judy going down for the season is really, really starting to hurt. Because uh, only having Cortland Sutton out there, it's, it's not a, a recipe for success. But then this, this Steelers team, you gotta, you got to bench Ben Roethlisberger. You have to. He has been playing absolutely terrible. You're relying on Najee Harris way too much when you don't have the offensive line for it. I understand you only have Dwayne Haskins as your backup, but at this point, it's better to try something than just keep going with what's not working. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Big Ben is just simply at the end of the line. I mean, even looking back to last year, it was a simpler offense. And it's just obvious he doesn't have the arm talent that he used to. I mean, on the other hand, yes, we do have a Broncos team who comes in with quarterback questions of their own regarding Bridgewater's health. And they did get blanked a week ago, but I think they're looking back to looking to bounce back in a big way. And at the moment, I have a lot more faith in both their offense and defense than I do in the, in the Steelers. I mean, they just the Steelers are really 
the team that I've lost the most confidence over the course of the season. It has everything to do with Big Ben. Until they can figure out something with their quarterback position, I, I'm not going to be able to roll with them unless it's like an absolute gimme. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Denver here. I think their defense is going to do a, a good job of, of putting pressure under Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, that secondary is going to do a, a fantastic job of staying in front of guys like Deontay Johnson and Juju. He, Big Ben's really going to have to rely on Najee Harris this weekend. Yeah, It hasn't been working all that well. So we will see. Good luck. Now moving on to the Chicago Bears traveling to Las Vegas to face the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr got got put on a put on a silver platter last week by that that Chargers front seven. Uh, he looked scared at times when the pass rush was getting to him, and that doesn't bode well for him for this front seven. Mean, bear in mind this this Chicago team is not nearly as deadly as that Chargers uh, defense is, but you still have Khalil Mack that's going to be running at your head full speed every play. Yeah, that's never something that you want to see as an opposing quarterback, and it definitely can rattle you very easily. Um, for first of all, I'll start with the Bears. Uh, I was really impressed with the way Justin Fields bounced back. It's really unfortunate this that it happens to come right at right at the same time that they lose David Montgomery. He's been a guy who's been impressing me all season long. I really liked his performance, and I really liked you know what Mont, both Montgomery and Fields the kind of injection of youth that they could give to this offense. And you know he's gonna miss his bell cow back. I have to admit it, and he's gonna have to be forced to make more plays as a result of that. You know, but for the Raiders, on the other hand, the offense was far from what we were used to seeing. Like you said, David Carr was constantly under pressure, but I was still impressed with how they made it a game and things were at least interesting at the end of the game. Now, Justin Herbert did go out in there and win it for him, but just to be able to show that poise, even after, you know, getting basically pummeled all game to sit in there and make that comeback towards the end of the game. I was impressed with David Carr for that reason or Derek Carr for that reason. Um, and I think this will be a good barometer for really just how good this Raiders team really is. And I do like them to bounce back in this one. Um, I'm willing to kind of believe in the legitimacy of this Raiders team. And I have them in a tough one here versus the Bears. Yeah, I'm, I think Las Vegas is going to walk away with this one. Uh, this was also Josh Jacobs' first game back from injury. So him going up against this team, it's not going to – Farewell for him, but it's definitely going to be a much easier matchup than uh, that that Los Angeles front seven, uh, being able to bounce out more and get to the outside a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now moving on to the next game, we have the Cleveland Browns traveling west to face the Los Angeles Chargers. Cleveland did not look the part last week uh baker mayfield kind of going back to his old ways of taking way too much time in the pocket and uh throwing dumb passes that that game was heavily reliant on the run game of nick chubb and kareem hunt 
and that defense played really well against Minnesota and was able to force Kirk Cousins to dumb decisions. You're not going to have that uh, reliability this week against this Los Angeles team. Uh, the Chargers' offensive line is much better than Minnesota, and it's going to take a lot more to get pressure on Herbert. And Herbert's also 6'6 and can see over basically anyone on the team, which is crazy to think about and has vision all over its field with phenomenal weapons and a, a really good pocket presence. So you're going to have to force him to make dumb plays to have this Chargers team lose. Yeah, I mean, I I think the biggest thing that you said is that Baker Mayfield has to step up for the Browns, and I completely agree. The entire rest of this team is ready to take off. And last week's performance against the Vikings is a testament that they that as long as they carry him or that they can carry him to victory, excuse me, he has to flip that script at some point for the Browns to become legit title contenders for me. The story has to stop being how much everyone else can do to ensure that the Browns win. And it has to suddenly sometimes become what Baker Mayfield can do to get the Browns a win. I haven't seen that since the end of last season. And it's really starting to scare me that it might just be flashes in the pan from him. He needs to start putting together some good games. This is a great test for him. A lot of eyes will be on this game and I want to see how he plays, but I mean, the Chargers are in the exact opposite position as Justin Herbert just continues to set the league on fire. And Austin Eckler, Jared Cook, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are all forces to be reckoned with. And this defense is fast enough to chase teams around all game. I'm really starting to see what the hype was about regarding this Chargers team. And I am going to roll with them here because, like I said, it's just I want to see Baker Mayfield play well, but he's going to have to do that before I have any confidence in picking them. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a last-minute change here. Uh, just speaking myself into to rolling with Los Angeles, I mean, Justin Herbert has been arguably one of the MVP frontrunners, in, in my opinion. I mean, he's up there with guys like Kyler Murray for being the best quarterback in the league right now. He's played absolutely out of his mind this season, and Baker Mayfield has kind of been flying flying under the radar and getting wins based off his his running game and his his defense hasn't really been the the one to lead his teams to victory yet and that kind of scares me against this this Chargers team that has been playing above standards yeah absolutely see that's the difference for me I, I'd say on paper this Browns team should win but I've been very much more pleased with what the Chargers have been able to do than what I than being pleased with what the Browns have been able to do. People out here doubting my my AFC West being the second toughest division in the league. Get out of here. This AFC West has been phenomenal this season. Uh, but moving on to the next game, we have the the New York Giants traveling down for a division rivalry uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. I hate to say it, Dallas has looked good this season. Dak Prescott has really shown people that him, him coming off injury, he hasn't lost a step. Yeah, no, and he's been the biggest reason why this Dallas Cowboys team has looked so impressive. It was the only reason why I had pause 
regarding them coming into the season. I just couldn't fully say that I was 100% confident in him coming off of an injury while also coming off of another injury that he somehow sustained during the rehab process. I just didn't like that whole storyline. But I will, I will say it's looked really, really well. And they are by far the best defense or the best offense in the NFC East. And for that reason, it's going to make them a tough team to pick against, especially in this divisional contest where they get what I think we can both agree is the easiest matchup of the NFC East. I mean, the Giants have just done very few things to give you any confidence. And last week, sadly, was one of the few ones. And it was probably Daniel Jones's best career game. And he got the ball to some of his star players. And they made plays with it. I, I really did like to see that, but I'm really just not sure how much to put into it because was it the playmakers, the stars getting the ball, or was that Saints defense just playing like Swiss cheese? I can't really tell. But then on the other side, I mean, the Cowboys, in a similar way, answered questions marks of their own. I mean, the Zeke put up a great game, and Pollard continues to play well. I mean, I'm not sure how many more questions I really have about this Cowboys team. And if they can continue to force turnovers, I think this is no question Cowboys win. Yeah, Trevon Diggs is looking like one of the best shutdown cornerbacks in the league this year. Uh, five five picks through four games to this last against Sam Darnold uh, with the absolute, them being absolute lurks. He is looking really, really good. Uh, definitely – a young leader of this of this Cowboys defense. Uh, the release of Jalen Smith is a little questionable, uh, but Michael Parsons has been doing a fine job. I will say that. I, I'm wrong with, with Dallas here. I hate to do it, but this New York team has just been terrible for the offseason they had. Yeah, no, trust me. I don't like picking the Cowboys any more than you do, but it's really the only logical thing to do when, when we're picking between this game. Um, Now on to the next game. We have the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona is the team to beat in the NFL right now. Just absolutely phenomenal performance from Kyler Murray this season. Uh. Chase Edmonds had his first good game of the week last first good game of the year last week with over 100 yards. James Conner with two touchdown two touchdowns in the past two weeks is finally finding a place back in the NFL. And after that terrible season in Pittsburgh last year, I didn't know if he would really have that much of a, a role in this offense, but really showing his worth. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins surprisingly hasn't been much of a, a factor uh, for this Arizona offense, but he hasn't really needed to be. He has not. And I think that's really the big thing here. I mean, we're just really learning about how deep this Cardinals team is. Every week, it's a different guy that I leave extremely impressed with, whether it be Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Max Williams. I mean, their entire offensive cast is really benefiting from what is A, a fantastic system, and B, a red-hot, young, freakishly talented quarterback in Kyler Murray. I mean, I have really, really started to like this team in a similar way to kind of like the Cowboys. I'd say they've both exceeded my expectations, both offensively and defensively. And so for that reason, they really just seem like the perfect storm of a team 
that I'm going to love. And I have been high on the Cardinals. I was really high on them last year. I was a year too early. They had some additions in the offseason. I didn't even really love them, but I did even back then say these are experienced guys that they're getting. It's not like these are question marks as to how they'll come in and fill in. Yes, obviously you hope, you know, J.J. Watt stays healthy, but if he does, you know exactly what kind of production you're going to get. Same thing for A.J. AJ Green. So, I mean, I think we really have to look at this Cardinals team with a newfound kind of appreciation, and I haven't even touched on the 49ers yet, but I just – I will say this. Their secondary is the weakest part of their entire team, and this is a, this is a bad matchup for that to be the case. I, I think the Cardinals are absolutely going to cook the 49ers in this one. I think it will be close. I do think – I mean, the 49ers always have a way of hanging in there. But Jimmy G is questionable, banged up. They're not willing to say Trey Lance starter yet. I don't like that as well. Give me the Cardinals to stay hot in this one. Yeah, the Cardinals, I definitely think Arizona is going to walk away with this one. But if this is Trey Lance's first start, it's going to be a really tough time for him. Uh, having Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt throwing themselves at him all game. But he has a good receiving core to, to be able to break this secondary with. I mean, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Mohamed Sanu, and all arguably a top two, top three tight end in the league, and George Kittle, that's too big for most linebackers, too fast for most linebackers, and uh, too big for cornerbacks. Like, he's in that Travis Kelsey mold. Like, you don't know how to stop him. Uh, It's going to be really difficult for, I think, Arizona to stop this this receiving threat that uh, Trey Lance has, but – that Arizona offense is way too high-powered and is a lot better than I expected them to be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I was high on them, but I was not this high. I I hate myself for coming into this season thinking they'd be last in the division, and now they're first, uh, really shutting me up. Well, that was me a year ago when I had them in second place, so <laughs> – um, now moving on to a Sunday night football, we had the AFC championship rematch of last season. We had the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills are red hot coming into this game. After that disappointing week one, wow, has Josh Allen looked great. Not even just Josh Allen. They finally have a run game which is what they have needed since Josh Allen started to take off. And the combination of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss is dangerous right now. Very, very dangerous. This Bills team is another one of those teams that, first of all, I won't say has even impressed me, but I was very high on coming into the season and for a big reason. I mean, I didn't think – it wasn't a sentiment, sentiment that I saw a lot of, but I did see a lot of people that were kind of thinking that the Bills were more of a flash in the pan. I don't. I think, you know, you said this was a rematch from last year's AFC Championship. This could be the AFC Championship for the next 10 years, which is just how highly I feel about both of these teams. I think they're led by two great young quarterbacks, two great overall teams, great head coaches. They, both of these teams have a lot of things to look forward to. But in this one, there's one of them that comes in a lot more confident to me And that's the Bills. Uh, I think, you know, obviously they had a tune-up game last week versus the Houston Texans. And we kind of thought the Chiefs would, too, after starting slow. But based off of what the Eagles were able to do, taking them up and down the field really with ease, 
that's something that, you know, you did not want to see from this Chiefs team. The only question you have about them is their defense. And the fact that they weren't able to answer not a single question about that, how they'll be able to perform, it doesn't make me feel good heading into a marquee matchup like this. It's going to be tight and tough no matter what. I don't think any team's winning by more than two touchdowns, but I think the Bills win by a point. I think it's going to be really, really close. High offense game, obviously, but I think the Bills are ultimately the ones that squeak it out. I, I also think uh, Tredavious White being questionable right now uh, due to a shoulder injury, that doesn't bode well for them with how Tyreek Hill just absolutely torched this, uh, this Eagles defense last week, almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. Definitely Pat Mahomes' favorite weapon since Tyreek got there. Uh, it's This is going to be a, such a fun game to watch. If y'all have the chance to sit down and watch any game, any game this week, sit down and watch this one. It's going to be a, it's going to be fireworks. Absolutely. It's going to be a great way to end your Sunday night for sure. Uh, sadly, the same cannot be said for, for Monday night football. Uh, we have the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Uh, Ra- the Ravens bounced back from the week before barely edging out Detroit with arguably the greatest kick of all time uh, from Justin Tucker. Uh, really shut down this this Denver offense. Uh, did a great job of that. The the Baltimore offense still questioned me a little bit. Uh, Lamar Jackson still not really able to get the ball in the end zone. I mean, he's going for the yards, but not able to to punch it in. Uh, only one touchdown on the day through the air, and then uh, Latavius Murray did all right, I guess. Not the greatest average. Uh, but the defense is where they really stepped up. Uh, Chris Broad, Patrick Queen, Marlon Humphrey uh, really stepping up. Uh, I'm rolling with Baltimore here just because how bad Indianapolis has been playing this season. I mean, they had a good game last week, but Miami has also been playing down to standards. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to do nearly as well against this defense as he did against uh, Miami. Yeah, um, I'm rolling with the Ravens in this one as well. I mean, for one, I've just been very high on wanting to see improvements from Lamar's passing. I have seen that. That unit is only continuing to get more and more healthy. They're starting to – well, not – they haven't gotten anyone back yet, but they are getting guys back soon. Um, I think that obviously bodes well. The run game is figuring out ways to survive even without, you know, game-breaking type runners in Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, I think that they've still found a healthy balance and a way to survive with that aspect. You know, the run game has still always been one of their strengths, and it even still kind of continues to be one even in a down year. Um, But for the Colts, I think they still just overall really lack vertical beaters to me, like man beaters, speed weapons, just – the athletic guys that can go out and make a difference on the outside. They don't have that. They just got one with Jonathan Taylor at the running back position. And look at the kind of juice he added to that offense a week ago. Carson Wentz, believe it or not, is a big arm, big armed quarterback who can really stretch the field out when he has the right kind of guys at his disposal. He just doesn't right now. And I don't really like this Colts team. I had, the win last week didn't give me that much confidence, kind of in a similar manner to what you said about them. I think the Ravens just keep rolling in this one. Yeah, I until Indianapolis can get a true 
weapon on offense that isn't Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if they're really going to be anything special. It's it's sad to say. I thought this would be a bounce back year for Carson Wentz, but I'm liking Michael Pittman, uh, but that's just not enough. Agreed. I like Pittman as well, but yeah, the same thing as you said, it's just not enough. I mean, Naheem Hines is arguably your most dynamic receiving threat, and he's a running back, which isn't crazy as crazy to say it now as it was a couple of years ago, but I still think that, you know, in this circumstance, it goes to show you just how devoid they are of, you know, freakish talent on the outside. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a struggle for Indianapolis this year, I think, but uh, this week I have to roll with Baltimore. I, I don't expect any kind of uh, outshowing from Indianapolis unless that defense really steps up and shows that they can be the, the top five defense they were from last year. That's the only way I expect anything to go their way. I agree 100%. Um, but with that, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. Uh, we're already in week five of the NFL season, which is crazy to think about. It's mind-blowing to think about. I mean, this season is, like I said earlier, almost a quarter of the way done. I mean, I think it's just important that we all just at least tune in, do our due diligence, and appreciate it while it's here. And like I say every single week, you know after taking in all that football, all the football you can handle on Sunday, that me and Jason are going to be here for you on Wednesday or Thursday to break down the entire new week of football for you. Uh, but with that, I hope you all enjoyed. I have, of course, been your host, Jason Michener, joining alongside Ian Hatcher. We'll see you all next time.